Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I pray you're having a good day. So glad you're tuned in to Calvary Live. You just heard the number as you are invited for you uh, to call in, to ask questions, to ask for prayer. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Welcome everyone who's tuned in to Calvary Live, wherever you're listening. Maybe it's evening time in the East Coast right now, and maybe perhaps it's uh, middle of the afternoon on the West Coast. But we welcome everyone who's tuned in to Calvary Live. Of course, we want to welcome all those who are listening on Grace FM, where Calvary Live originates out of Calvary Church in Aurora. And you are listening live on this Monday. It's the 4th of April. And uh, so glad that you are uh, listening to the program. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, usually hosting on Mondays and Tuesdays. So glad once again to be with you as we start a new week, a new work week. Pray you're doing well. And so give me a call. Grab one of those open lines early. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And there is another way for you to be able to ask a question or uh, ask for prayer, and that's through a dedicated text line. And that number is 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you put those two numbers in your contacts. So anytime that you want to get a hold of us, you can do that. I want to remind you that that text line is a 24-7 prayer line that you can always just text in a prayer request, and there will be those, the prayer team, the pastoral staff at Calvary Church in Aurora that will be praying for you. And I think that's so important. So 720-336-0897 is the text line. As we have time in the show, uh, you can text us a question or a prayer request, and we'll take a look at the. But the best way is for you to call. This is a show where we can have the conversation uh, online and on the program, and it blesses others. So we want to welcome, again, all those who are listening live today on Grace FM all along the Front Range of Colorado from Pueblo Fountain, Colorado Springs, 101.7. Love to hear from you guys down in Southern Colorado. Got so many good friends down there. Give me a call. Love to hear from you, your questions. And then 89.7, a powerful signal up here in Northern Colorado, up in the Southern Wyoming, into the Panhandle, Nebraska. Want to also welcome all those who are listening live, Radio by Grace, many stations across the nation, particularly in the South. We welcome you as well. I know that you have some severe weather that you're dealing with. It is that time of the year, uh, and you've been dealing with it over the last several days. So we pray that you're safe. Be aware of uh, weather aware of what's going on and uh, the warnings and watches that are out for you. Just be safe as you're down there in Texas and Louisiana and Alabama and Mississippi and Florida and along the East Coast, but we do welcome you. Give me a call. Love to talk to you guys. So glad that you guys have joined us for Calvary Live. Uh, What a blessing to be able to talk to so many people around the country. And then, of course, we want to welcome all those who are listening live as well online throughout the the country. 
from the four corners of the country. Uh, as you're listening on perhaps the Grace FM app or maybe the website, and it's a wonderful website, lots of information. You can listen to the programs, not just Calvary Live, but all the wonderful teachings that take place uh, on Grace FM 24-7, and uh, so I would encourage you to use that resource as well. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, call-in numbers. We start the week again Pray you're doing well. Uh, the lines tend to fill up as we move through the show. So if you've been wanting to call, call me right now. I'd love to talk with you. we got all open lines. I just want to remind those who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, uh, you too can call. You can call me at 303-690-3000. And as you do call, um, that uh, we will have our conversation, but then... It is a week delayed, and you'll hear it on those radio networks a week uh, from the time that you talk to me. And uh, that just gives you an opportunity to be able to tune in and to listen as well. So so glad that you guys in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland and um, you know, on Truth FM, uh, that you guys get to call in and be a part of the show as well. Hey, we got all open lines. Love to talk to you. we got international listeners, one from Ukraine. And uh, and so I just want to once again just pray for the situation in Ukraine as we start to show. As Father, I, I, as I'm reminded, as we have a listener uh, in from um, a worn, torn part of the world, I just pray, Lord, uh, for the Ukrainians. I pray, uh, Lord, uh, for this situation in Ukraine, the devastation and death that's taken place that this war would come to an end. Be with those. There's so much to pray about. Families being separated, um, fathers going to to the lines, the front lines to fight. Um, Lord, just um, it's such a dire situation. Pray for the Christians there that are on the ground. I know I got a dear friend um, that is um, headed to that region to help. And Lord, I just pray you be with them. Those who are taking those coming across the border, uh, the refugee crisis that has taken place. Thank you for those neighboring countries that are accepting them and finding help for them. We just pray that, Lord, that there be the food and water and and medical help that is needed. And so, Lord, we just lift this whole situation up to you for you to work and intervene. And, Lord, be with the Christians in Ukraine that are so brave. They're such an inspiration to me, their bravery, and as they continue to to minister, Lord, just... um, May your presence be felt with them. May you work and show yourself strong on their behalf. And, Lord, we just lift this whole thing up to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, got all open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897. So give me a call. Uh, This is a great time for you to call while the lines are open. And the text line uh, we encourage you to use. We'll go to the text line as we're waiting for callers. But first of all, I want to remind you that this Sunday coming up begins uh, Holy Week or uh, Passion Week is what it's called. The church all around the world celebrates um, during that time very special services. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. And even here at Calvary Greeley, uh, I'll be giving a Palm Sunday message from John's Gospel and uh, where Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, We call it the triumphal entry. His real triumphal entry will be in Revelation chapter 19 when he comes back to establish his kingdom. 
but we call it the triumphal entry as the people cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then that last week, the, the Passover week of Jesus, the events that the Synoptic Gospels particularly focus on, and then John's Gospel focuses a quarter of his Gospel on the Upper Room Discourse. Many churches perhaps having a Monday Thursday uh, service where they look at the uh, things and uh, of the upper room, what took place. And then also then is Good Friday service uh, and then Resurrection Weekend uh, coming up in less than two weeks. So invite somebody out to one of those services. More people are open than ever before to go to, you know, uh, Easter service, Good Friday service, um, and Pray about who you might invite, because the world desperately needs to hear that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive, and we have a living hope through his resurrection. So uh, here at Calvary Greeley, we have a Good Friday service at noon. We have a Saturday night service at 6 and 3 Sunday morning uh, on Resurrection Sunday at 8, 9, 30, and 11. Look at our website for information, but invite somebody. And people, um, they you know, are more open to go than any other time. And so be praying about that. Hey, we got an open line. Let me give you those numbers again. Then we're going to go to the phone line. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Again, my name, Jeff Figgs. I'm the pastor at Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. So glad to be with you. And we're going to go to Angela in Fort Collins. Angela? Well, hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I just wanted to call. You prayed for me last week. Um, I had mm. called. I've had a bad back for a long time. I had yes. to recap for, for the audience and for you. I had gone in with a bad back, came out with hip surgery, but still had the, the back pain. Um, and I was kind of fighting an uphill battle to at least yes. get an MRI to try to figure it out. Well, the day after you prayed for me, <laughs> um, I ended up calling the doctor's office again and just kind of explaining my situation to one of the gals. And um, that day I got scheduled for an MRI, which was today. So now my just, my prayer is just hopefully and prayerfully, you know, we can figure out what's causing my back pain and go from there. But I just wanted to thank you for praying for me and whoever else out there prayed for me. Um, yeah, it's just exciting, I remember that. Know, very humbling. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I remember you're quite uh, frustrated with the process and, going back and forth and trying to schedule that MRI. But, you know, the Lord does care, and we're going to pray that um, that this gets resolved, whether the Lord directly heals you or whether, you know, he uses medical means uh, to, to bring that relief and healing to you. And, Father, I do thank you that Angela called, and she gives thanks, and that's important for us to do that. It, it reminds me in Luke's Gospel that the one who came back and thanked Jesus as uh, Jesus brought healing to him. But, Lord, we do ask for that healing for Angela as she's got the first process to be able to get an MRI and that it would give her answers and the doctor's answers. Lord, we know that you can heal, that you could heal even right now. And I pray that if that's your will and desire, that you touch her body, that you take the pain away, that you heal the back pain, Lord, that you would strengthen her. But, Lord, if you choose to use whatever means to bring healing, that she would trust in you, that she get the answers, give the doctors wisdom as they uh, look at these tests, and Lord, that um, that Lord, that Lord, you would just encourage her 
every day and along the way, knowing that your grace is sufficient, but Lord, also knowing that you care for her and that you would bring that healing to her. And Lord, I just thank you that um, that she's trusting you and she's thankful for what you're doing in her life and, and opening those doors so she can get answers. Continue to do that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless. You bet. Keep in touch, okay, Angela? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. You bet. Hey, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line. God cares about everything that's going on in our lives and uh, so grateful as he works and opens doors, and and he's the one that does that, and grateful for those of you who join in as we pray. And that's that's what's so wonderful about this show. Um, it's more than just answering questions, which are very important, and um, we love doing that, but also just taking the time to pray for people who have needs. And as you join in uh, with that, uh, there's power in prayer, and it's so uh, wonderful to be able to do that. The body of crisis, we're connected on this program together. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go on the east coast of Baltimore. Betty on line two. Hi, Betty. Betty, are you there? I'm here, Jeff, yes. Hi. Yeah, you're on, you're on Calvary Live. Conversation with um, Pastor Ed last week mm-hmm. about the Sabbath, but I had to get we had to cut it short because of the break. Oh, okay. And I and I did not get my my question answered fully. Um, the thing about um, about the Sabbath, about keeping the the Sabbath holy, resting on the on the seventh day. Can that mm-hmm. be any day of the week, or does it have to be Sunday? So, are you are you asking? Can you work on Sunday? Yeah. Can Can you work on a Sunday? At, well, and so are the board. You know, Betty, um, I work on Sunday. Uh, I have a long day on Sunday. But here, here's the answer for you, because a lot of people ask about the Sabbath. You know, it's, you know, Sunday to Sabbath, the Saturday to Sabbath, you, you know, I, I think it's a good principle, but, you know, to, to take a day off. But here's the, what the Bible says. You can look in Romans chapter 14. In Romans chapter 14, Paul says something as he's writing about our liberty in Christ. And he writes, I want to make sure I read it to you and read it correctly, that he says that one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, he who gives thanks, uh, he does not, who does not eat to the Lord does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and none one dies to himself. In other words, what Paul is saying that is that um, one man esteems one day above another. Maybe there's like Sunday is that's my Sabbath day. Um, one man esteems every day alike, and he says you be convinced in your own mind. And for me personally, I esteem every day alike. I think it's good to take a day off. I think it's good to have a time of rest. That's what the Sabbath was all about. It was a day to be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. 
but we don't have to make it a legalistic thing because we live in a society today where people have to work on Sunday. Nothing closes. It used to be when I was a, a kid uh, a long, long time ago, everything closed down on Sunday. The only thing that was open is maybe the hospital or, you know, that was it and policemen and firemen. But now today, everything's open. There's so much going on, sports activity and all those things. And everybody has to make a decision that, you know, on Sunday, is that my Sabbath day uh, where I'm refreshed and renewed in the Lord? That might include being in church. And I think it's important for us as believers that we are in fellowship, that we are in church. But I also know that there are those who have to work. I I know those who are in uh, law enforcement, those who work in the hospitals, those who have to work, you know, on the weekends. And we have other times during the week where they can come and be in fellowship and they can come to service and they can come to Bible studies and things like that. So it really is um, something that that you take to the Lord that do you esteem every day alike or do you esteem one day above another? What is the Lord telling you? What is he convicting you of? And But we don't have to make it this legalistic rule that some people try to do. Does does that help? Um, a little bit. So <laughs> let me go more in depth. Um, so if I work seven days a week, am I sinning against the Lord? Because I'm a single no. mother. That's and I know we understand yeah. that. But no, you're you're not sinning against the Lord. Here's the thing about the Sabbath law. The Sabbath law was given to the children of Israel. The Lord said that you work six days, on the seventh day you shall rest. Now, that's a principle that I believe is good, to have a day of rest. But some people, they have to work every day. Some people have to work two jobs. So you're not sinning against the Lord if you do that work. Uh, That's why Paul comes along and he says, listen, that one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. You be fully convinced in your own mind. To me, every day is a day where we can meet and be with the Lord. You know, there's been times where I've worked seven days a week, um, and I didn't get a day off. And it was ministry. It was work. And I don't believe that I was sinning against the Lord. So that's something that, you know, you take to the Lord. And I, I think that as you have to do to provide your single parent, provide for your family, don't make it a, a way towards a burden where— you know, I'm sinning against the Lord because I'm trying to provide for them. But you go to the Lord, and if you're working on Sunday, and that's what you have to do, which some people have to do, um, that that's not sinning against the Lord. But again, the principle is good to have a day to be refreshed and renewed. We all need a day off. We all need to be refreshed in the Lord. So that's something that he'll give you a piece that rules in your heart about and, you know, it's like, Lord, this is um, what I desire to do. I do want to take that time uh, where I can be in fellowship, or if it's another day, maybe it's a Tuesday, maybe it's a Wednesday, if there's a Wednesday night study that your church has. So there's different ways to look at that. But uh, I don't want you to, you know, you're not car- called to to bondage, but you're called to peace is what the Scripture says. And I believe that Paul writes that, um, to give us peace and the liberty that we have in Christ. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Because, right. Betty, 
what happens is some people come along, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody says, "You have to, you have to, you know, observe the Sabbath." And you know, it was what was interesting is in Acts chapter fifteen when the church began to spread uh, throughout the Gentiles that they had this council, the Jerusalem Council, Peter, James, you know, Paul came, Barnabas from Antioch. What are we going to tell these Gentile Christians? Do they have to keep the Sabbath? Do they have to be circumcised? And the conclusion that they came up with is this, is that tell them to abstain from meat offered to idols, you know, for sensitivity, um, out of love for, for, you know, those who would be stumbled by that. Stay away from immorality and be strangled, you know. Uh, and if you do those things, you do well. There's nothing about keeping the Sabbath, you know, those kinds of things. But it is love the Lord and keep yourself pure. And as you do those things and stay away from those things out of sensitivity and love, they're going to stumble others. You're going to be doing well. And I like that. Um, there's not this, you know, you have to be circumcised, you have to keep the Sabbath, all these other things. And so you, as you look at that, you just see that we do have liberty in Christ. And it's a wonderful thing to have that liberty and to be able to move forward in life and do what you need to do to provide for your family and just love the Lord and take that time and rest when you can take that time. Okay? Okay, Jeff, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All right, Betty. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000. I believe we got a couple open lines. Love to talk to you. Um, call in number, text line 720-336-0897. We have liberty in Christ, folks. And uh, I think it's a good principle, you know, to take a day. I, I need to take a day to be refreshed and renewed. But whatever that day is, and as the Lord leads you. But I think Romans chapter 14, I'm thankful for it. That one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let you be convinced fully in your mind. And so um, we can take that to the Lord and, and allow him to minister those things in our hearts. Let's go to Jerry in Colorado Springs. Jerry? Pastor, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to Calvary Live. Appreciate your tone. I, you know... When I think of the uh, scribe Ezra, I think of how the Jerusalem has been burned to the ground and the people of God have gone through the fire. And Ezra is a scribe who restores the people of God to the Word of God, but he also restores the Word of God to the people. Mm-hmm. So I think of you when I think of Ezra, uh, the scribe. Anyway, so if you could just um, elaborate a little bit on First Thessalonians, uh, that first chapter uh, it's the second coming of Christ, and the language is some of the strongest, I think, in all of the Bible. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Paul, when he writes these letters, um, Jerry, to the church at Thessalonica, it's amazing to me because sometimes people will say, well, and there's even in some circles of Christianity uh, that there's a growing trend that we don't need to know about the return of the Lord and and. Paul was, according to Acts chapter 17, when he was in Thessalonica, he was only there for, some believe, three Sabbaths, and then he was run out. But in that young church there, he talks about the return of the Lord. He talks about the rapture of the church. He talks about the Antichrist. Because in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, he says, Don't you remember when I told you these things? 
And in First Thessalonians, in every chapter, he writes about the return of the Lord. And and there, as he's writing to them, he, he's he's greeting them. He he's given them uh, a compliment and and thankful for their good example, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. And then he continues to talk about how you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. And then he says that what you're to do is um, how you've turned. He says in verse 9, as he concludes chapter 1, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who deliver us from the wrath to come. In 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 every chapter, as I said, in the five chapters in First Thessalonians, he writes about the return of the Lord. And I believe what he is referring to here in verse 10 is that he's referring to when the Lord comes for us. Um, we are to, because that's part of the imminent, uh, the doctrine of imminent return, to be waiting for his son from heaven. You, the church, you're the believer, that you are to wait for him, and as he is going to come, and then in chapter 4, he talks about the rapture of the church, that there's going to be a generation of Christians that will meet the Lord in the air. And and then he says, we're going to be delivered from the wrath. That's the day of the Lord. We're not appointed to wrath, but to attain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, as we see in First Thessalonians chapter 5 um, and in verse 9. So I believe that he's talking about the imminent return of the Lord. I think he's talking about the church, you Christians, you be waiting uh, for his son from heaven and looking for him because he's going to come for us and take the church out uh, before his wrath is poured out on a Christ-rejected world. So that's the way I take verse 10 in the end of verse, chapter 1. Okay? Referring to Second Thessalonians chapter 1, his second the description— Paul's description in the extremely powerful language in those four, four or five verses. I think you're in First First Thessalonians. Okay, I was referring to Second Thessalonians, the chapter. They're they're experiencing persecution. Thessalonians. Yeah, and, they are. And Paul talks about actually those, those comes... who are persecuting them, and then then he refers to Christ's second coming. In, in very vivid language. So that, that's yeah. what I wanted you to elaborate on. Yeah, when but, he comes in that in that day to be glorified in the saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was was uh, believed. Therefore, we also pray always that our God would count you worthy of this calling. So he is talking about that day. That day, I believe, is referring to uh, when he comes back in the second coming. The day of the Lord is a period of time the tribulation period that includes the second coming of Jesus Christ, and then we are going to come back with him, as Jude says, that he comes with ten thousands of his saints, and then Revelation chapter 19, as we are going to come back riding on white horses, and we are going to come back with him, the armies of heaven. So I believe that he is talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ there. Okay, I appreciate that. Thanks again. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jerry. All right. We're getting ready to go to break, and I believe that we have um, an open line. So, Alex, Brenda, 
If you can hang on, we're going to go to break here in just a little bit, and then we're going to get back to the phone lines. But give me a call. We do have an open line, plenty of time for you to be able to call in and ask a question or prayer request. Let me give you those numbers before we go to break. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. And uh, grab one of those lines. And um, as we enter into the second half, this is the only break of the show. You hear the music. And then we're going to be right back and we're going to hit the phone lines. And we're going to see what the Lord has for us. And so you're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am with you. And we do, I believe, have an open line. So I'd love for you to, to take that line and let's talk about the things of the Lord and pray for each other. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a little bit. Let me give you those numbers again. You just heard them. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line, 720-336-0897. I was reminding everybody, and I just want to quickly remind you, that as we are coming up on, uh, on um, you know, Holy Week and Palm Sunday is what it's called um, this Sunday coming up, uh, special services that churches are having be praying for your church, uh, as they give the gospel, as uh, we look at uh, the events of the last week of Jesus who went to the cross and died for our sins. And uh, I love what Paul, uh, when he goes to Corinth, and, and as Paul is writing to the Corinthians, his first letter, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And may that be our message to the world, that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and then the message of the resurrection, that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. So invite somebody out to one of those services. Be sure to check out, um, you know, the extra services that churches are having and, um, and be praying for your church, be praying for your community, uh, the great need in our nation, in our communities, in an individual's life is the gospel. It's the greatest need that we have. And uh, so looking forward to that as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, we do have, I believe, an open line. We're going to go to phone lines in just a minute. Before the break, Jerry, if, you, if you're listening, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, it is an incredible chapter. And now it's kind of in chapter 1 of First Thessalonians. But, you know, when the Lord does come back, he he is going to bring judgment. He's going to judge those. And during the tribulation period, it's going to be the tribulation saints that are going to be martyred. They're going to be persecuted. And we know that those who make it through the tribulation period, that they will go into the millennium reign and they will populate the world. But he will establish his kingdom in that time. And then also that as a sword will come from his mouth and he'll judge those nations. And you see that in Matthew chapter 25, the judgment of the nations, uh, the separation of the sheeps and the goats. So 
um, and um, those who will go into everlasting punishment, as Paul writes through the, the Thessalonians. So good questions, Jerry. You know, a lot that is there that we could expand on, but we're going to continue with the phone lines, um, and let's go to, let's see where I'm at. Let's go to Alex in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Alex? Yeah, hello? Yeah, hello? You're on Calvary Live. You're on Calvary yeah, Live, hello. Alex. Can you hear me? Yeah, I sure can. How are you? God bless you, Pastor. Uh, I'm doing good, thank God. Um, good. I have a question as far as um, predestination. I want to get your take on it. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, it says that in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. 12 says, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. So real quick, um, it's kind of like the way I understood it as a follower of Jesus, this is the way I used to understand it, was that as a follower of Christ, he, he's, we serve a God who's sovereign, and he already knew who was going to accept him and who was not going to accept his son Jesus. And because of that, then he already predisposed who was going to be saved or not because he knew, given the choice, who was going to say yes or no. But then I had it explained to me a little different, and I kind of believed it when, and I do believe it, the way this other pastor explained it was that our heart itself as human beings do not want to see that side of God because we, we know that God is love or God's a just God. He wouldn't just, you know, not give somebody an opportunity to be saved after all. John 3.16 says, you know, for all who believe in him will be saved, you know, that he gave, that he gave his son to be, for us to be saved. But in the Old Testament, the Lord says, God says, I will have mercy on who I choose to have mercy. It also says that it was who, who, who hardened Pharaoh's heart. It was God who hardened Pharaoh's heart to bring about his will. We also read of Judas, who was what? Already destined to be the son of perdition. So, like, that opened my mind up, and then I, then I thought about it. What God does is give us the opportunity. So we should, we should feel lucky if we, would, we, were, we were somebody who was predestined to have the opportunity to accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That way we have the opportunity to be saved. With that said, because I don't believe in one saved, but always saved, I want to see what's your take on all this that I'm saying. Well, there's a lot that's there, and there's a lot of debate and has been in the church for the last 2,000 years. The Bible does teach, as you quoted from Ephesians chapter 1, that he chose us before the foundation of the world. And Romans talks about, uh, you know, those things as well, Romans chapter 8. And so we see in the Bible very clearly his sovereign work of choosing us. Jesus even said to his disciples, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And without me, you can do nothing. So we do see that that God does chose us. He he from his foreknowledge, he knows who are going to be long to him. But also, we do know, and I think you were touching on it a little bit um, there, uh, Alex. That the opportunity there is human human responsibility, human response to the gospel. And we know that uh, I, I don't believe in double election. That he chooses some for hell and he chooses some for for heaven, that there is that opportunity to turn. When you were speaking about Pharaoh, Pharaoh hardened his heart, as you read the book of Exodus, he hardened his heart, he hardened his heart, and then it says, after eight times Pharaoh hardened his heart, that God hardened his heart, 
And and when it says they hardened his heart, it's speaking of confirming what Pharaoh had already done. We know that Peter, some of the last words of Peter in Second Peter chapter two, is that that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We know that Paul writes something similar to Timothy in First Timothy that he says that um, in First Timothy chapter 2, I believe, that for there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And he says that um, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we know that, the, that God's desire is that we all come to the truth. And you can see that, that Jesus would say to, as he wept over Jerusalem, how I long to gather you, to myself, but you were not willing to come. So both sides are true. We, I, we can't fully understand it. God chooses. He he knows from his foreknowledge. Um, he knows the end from the beginning, as Isaiah says, that he knows who are going to belong to him. But we also, there's the opportunity, there is the human responsibility, uh, because his desire that we shall, should all come to the knowledge of the gospel, that all men should be saved, and how it all works together. You know, A.W. Tozer, I think, said something, if our God was small enough to fully understand, he's not big enough to worship. So you have the sovereignty of God, you have the the responsibility of man, and and so it's both that work, and but Bible declares that. You know, when I was a young Christian, I used to to wrestle with that, Lord, why would you save me, you know, and why am I chosen? And I don't worry about it anymore. I just, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that he chose me. And I also am very thankful that um, my heart was, you know, humbled and he drew me to himself and that somebody took the time to tell me about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm just very thankful that I am saved and I belong to him. And um, I'm so grateful that he set his love on me before the foundation of the world and um, and that he continues to love me. Well, thank you, Pastor, for that. Um, those questions that, well, like you just stated, that both sides are true. It kind of it kind of like works against our element because we want so bad to be right, to stand on the left or the right, north or south, and we want we want a complete, definite answer. But like you said, if my three pound brain could understand God, then he wouldn't <laughs> be a God worth serving. Um, yeah. Real quick, if I may ask one more, one more. Sure. Um, about baptism, because a lot of people, this, that's another uh, debate. And in uh, Jesus, in John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water or spirit. There's people, there's different theologies and doctrines that people say, well, Matthew 28, 19 says, go out and make disciples. Uh, go out and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I was speaking to another believer. He was saying, yeah, but that name, when they say the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that name is Jesus. So the Father's called Jesus, the Son's called Jesus, the Holy Spirit's called Jesus. That's the way he understands it. And then he says, if you're not, because of this verse in chapter 5, if you're not baptized in water, then basically you're condemned to damnation because you didn't do it, you know, with, with baptism. The way I understand it, and, and again, this is why we call, to either be corrected or learn. The way I understand it is two things. God is not the author of confusion. 
And I think that God is very, very straightforward. Let's take Revelations, for instance, uh, with the mark of the beast. God, the Lord says in, in Revelation that if you should choose to get this mark, you would have to get it on your right hand or your forehead. You see, he didn't say your left hand, your left ankle. He made it very specific so that you would have no choice but to know, wow, uh, I'm done. I got the, the mark on my, on my right hand my forehead yeah. so that there wouldn't be no yeah. confusion. So, hey, Alex, so is your question on baptism or the mark of the beast? No, no, my question is on baptism, but what I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to emphasize that God is not a God of confusion. That if you have- yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, were confused about the mark of the beast. And it's important to keep the Bible in context when it comes to baptism. I don't know why people, you know, say that if you're not baptized in the right way, you're condemned. It's like, really? Um, that's such a burden. And it, and it's I think it's just cruel to do that. Baptism doesn't bring salvation. Baptism is, you know, declaring that person coming out into the waters that they are saved, that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I take the words of Jesus in Matthew that says, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, I've baptized many, 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 many people um, over the years of ministry, and I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But baptism is just that public declaration, as Romans chapter 6 says, that I identify with Christ. As I go under the water, the old man, the old woman is dead. My my sins are dead, buried forgiven by Christ and coming out of the water that I come out in a newness of life and that new resurrected life. But to say that if you weren't baptized correctly, that you're condemned, um, it's just taking the scriptures completely out of context. It's very prideful and it's just plain wrong uh, to do that. And uh, there are those who say, unless you're baptized, you're not saved. Listen, Jesus cried from the cross. It is finished. He did the work. He paid the price. And now we come in faith. So baptism doesn't bring salvation. You know, worshiping on the Sabbath day doesn't bring salvation. And we got to keep everything in its context as we read the scriptures, whether it's about baptism or whether it's about the mark of the beast. A lot of people were saying, if you, you know, do this, you take the mark of the beast. We're not in the tribulation period. You know, we're not giving allegiance to a man who declares himself as God to be worshiped as God in the temple of God, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So very important that we give people the truth of what the scripture has to say and keep it in context because there's just a lot of weird teaching out there and just a teaching that will put a burden on people. Um, And I hear it all the time. And so that's why it's important to know the scriptures, but I appreciate your calling and appreciate your questions. And let's continue on as the show goes by quickly. I believe it's Brenda in Florida. That's next. Hi, Brenda. Hi. Um, so my question is, I met a guy from church. Um, he is um, in his second year of biblical school. He's trying to become a pastor. He knows the mm-hmm. word. He is a Christian. He knows how to preach and teach the word of God. But um, I know, and, and, and we are, you know, we're dating we're getting to know each other and it's been about three months um i belong to um a different church i go to a different church i've been i've been to my church you know for about 10 years now and i've been planted there i serve in a ministry i go to biblical uh, you know bible study groups 
I usually help out bringing people, try to preach and teach the Word of God. So I'm very, very involved in the ministry with regards to, you know, the service unto others and um, at my church. The problem is um, the guy I met, uh, he wants me to make a decision to leave my church. He wants me to leave my church, not go to my church anymore, not attend the church services, and to completely go to his church. And that's where the debate is. We have a lot of issues, and we talk a lot about, you know, his church, my church, and the type of, you know, ministry and word that it is uh, taught. I mean, it's the same word of God. I just don't see what the problem is. Besides, like, we're not married. And, I mean, unless, like, like God says in the Bible, once you become a wife, you're supposed to be submitted unto your husband, and the husband is supposed to be submitted unto the Lord. But yet again, in this case, we're not married. We're just getting to know each other. So my question is, what would you recommend for me to do? What? Well, I think you said a key, because I'm not going to counsel you as a married couple. Um, and I think you you know that, as the Bible says, that um, to be submitted to your husband, he's going to be the spiritual leader. But as you get to know him, as you're, you're starting to date, if it's moving in that direction, you're going to have to make a decision, you know, whether you are willing to be submitted to him and um, whether you would be willing to say, Hey, if you say that this is where we're going to go to church, that I trust you, if you're moving in that direction, and um, and if you are talking about a future with this man, uh, being married to him, then that's going to be a part of it. And um, to where uh, you're going to allow him to lead where you you know where he believes that you should be. So that's the decision that you're going to have to come up with and be praying about. And and during the process of getting to know each other, you know, one of the things that um, I tell, you know, I've said this over and over again, even on the show, Paul would say in Acts chapter 20, that you know what manner of man I was in all seasons. You take your time and get to know what manner of man he is in all seasons. But as you move forward and, you, you know, as you move forward in growing in your relationship, is if it's moving towards uh, marriage, are you going to be willing to allow him to lead, trust him to lead, and that to where you're going to say, okay, I believe you're hearing from the Lord? Because, you know, that was one of the issues of many, many years ago uh, when uh, my wife and I got married, Brenda, uh, when we got engaged, she was going to one church, and I was going to a little church called Calvary Chapel. And she was going to a big church um, where she was a deaconess. It was huge. It was, you know, I'm going to a little Calvary Chapel. Uh, that little Calvary Chapel now is four or 5,000 people down in Colorado Springs. But we're talking over 30 years ago. Um, and as we were dating and as we were planning on getting married, she made the decisions that she was going to trust me that we're not going to go to this church that you've been going to, but I really feel called that we're going to go to this little church called Calvary Chapel where we're being fed the Word of God. And she allowed me to lead her in that way. But that was all part of the process of becoming husband and wife and working towards that. That, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't make decisions together, 
but he is, if you know, is somebody that you would want to get married to is called to lead. And um, there are times where, you know, my wife has had to say that you're the leader of this home and you're going to lead us spiritually. And there's been many, 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 most by far decisions we make together. But when it came to that big decision, we're going to go to Calvary Chapel. And I'm so glad that we did because it would be a few years later that we would come up and start the church here at Calvary Chapel. And um, and she had trusted me to do that. There's been other times as well where she said, you're the leader of this home. I'm going to be praying for you. Here's my thoughts. Here's my ideas. But again, that's as a married couple. You're not married. So you're going to have to come to the conclusion whether you're going to trust him um, as you move forward, if you do move forward in your relationship, uh, to lead you spiritually and to be able to say that if we do get married someday, that I would be willing to submit to whatever it is that he has. And that's only something that you can answer. Okay, so, but, the, okay, we're, we're not married yet. We're no, you're not. getting to know each other, right? So how can I, right now at this moment, I mean, I do like him a lot, and I do see a lot of good qualities, you know, as, as a man of God, you know, um, and and, and as a, I do see him as a as a husband uh, material, uh, but the question is, right now, I mean, it's only been three months right now at this point, mm-hmm. so should I just not go to my church anymore and say, okay, look, you know, all right, I'm going to attend your, your church. Here, here's, here's my answer. Um, Brenda, go to the Lord. You ask him. And Colossians says that he'll give you a peace that rules in your heart, you know, and that word rule means a baseball empire, literally. Does he give you peace? Whether I know I'm going to stay at my church and know that it may have consequences whether you move forward in your relationship or not. But here's the thing, Brenda, you know, you can ask me, and uh, but I don't want you going back and saying, well, you know, Pastor Jeff says I should do this. You need to go back and be able to say, this is what the Lord says. I've prayed about it. I've sought the Lord about it, and I'm going to stay at my church, or I'm going to, you know, tr- just go ahead and— I want to move forward in a relationship, and and you have to make that decision. And that's all part of the wonderful thing about going to the Lord, asking him. He promises as we go to him and as we wait on him, Isaiah chapter 30, he promises that he'll be a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it, go to the left and go to the right. So you can hear from me, you can hear from friends, you can hear from everybody else, but I think this is something that you need to really go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, what is it that you, you you know, what direction? Go to the left or go to the right. Stay at my church or trust him and try his church and move forward. And he'll guide you. He'll, he'll guide you and give you a peace that rules in your heart. So, Father, I pray for Brenda. I just pray that that you, Lord, would just guide her and speak to her in that still small voice. And, Lord, that she waits on you and goes to you, that you would answer her. And that what answer you give her, that you give her a piece that rules in her heart. And just help her. And, Lord, make this decision. 
And Lord, that um, that she would make it in confidence in you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Take all um, seasons. Can I ask okay. you one more question, please? Can I, can I ask you for sure. a prayer for him? Um, I'm just going to sure. say his name is Reynaldo. And um, I'm just hoping that, that the Lord will guide us together if this is something that the Lord wants it to be. And if the Lord wants it to, if we have a purpose with each other, and if we are meant to be with each other, then let God show us and give us a sign or uh, yeah, a word. He, and you know what? He does want to do that. He does want to give you wisdom and direction because this is a big, big deal, Brenda, and getting to know him. That's why, you know, get to know him in all seasons. Take your time. Move forward. Um, you know, you're going to find out the real reasons why he wants you to go to his church. Is it for spiritual reasons or is he trying to, you know, try to control you? You're you're the one that has to make that decision. And um, and God wants to show you. And and if there's warning signs that he'll show it to you, um, you know, and there's caution signs, he'll he'll give it to you. And that's why I gave you that verse there in Colossians. I don't move forward in a decision unless I got a real piece about it. And if there's just, you know, something that's just not quite right, you know, go to the Lord and he'll reveal it to you. But Lord, I do pray for Renato and and for Brenda that Lord, if it's something that you have for them and she's getting to know him, it hasn't been a long time, but Lord, that that um if it's something that um you would have for them to have a life together, if they move towards marriage or even thinking about it, that you would show it to her. And Lord, that uh, she would move forward in wisdom and in peace. And Lord, that um, that you care about her and you're going to just help her speak to her. And Lord, just in that relationship, um, that it would move forward according to your will. And Lord, that, um, that you would just um, be with them as they're getting to know each other. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hopefully that, that was a little bit of a help. I know, Brenda, that it's hard. and But God's, you know, just trust in him. Look to him. Let him give you that peace. Just speak to your heart about those things. And Ronaldo as well. And you guys pray together. And I think that's a good thing for you guys to do, to pray together and say, let's see what the Lord has to say about this, and and he'll guide you in it. Okay. Okay. All right. Have confidence in the Lord, Brenda. Okay. All right. Hey, we're getting towards the end of the show. There, there's one question that I've seen, and um, and it is um, a question that I've been wanting to answer as we end the show is do you think the Russian invasion of Ukraine is going to bring World War III? Uh, I don't know if it's going to bring World War III. We do know that the Bible has to say uh, a a lot about um, Russia and the future time. Uh, But the main thing is, uh, um, is this, that, that we keep an eye on the things that are going on 
Jesus said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, as he talked about nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom and pestilence and persecution and lawlessness and the love of many will go cold, the signs of the end, uh, we do know that there's going to be uh, Russia invading Israel in Ezekiel 38. Is this stage setting events? Don't know. Is this going to lead to a further war that's going to spread in Europe? Don't know. Um, We do know that Europe's going to play a role in the last days um, as the revived Roman Empire comes on the scene. Is it going to lead to China making a move? We don't know. But one thing that I want to remind you of as we close the show today, and that is, is that the Lord's on the throne, that he's in control. And all of this is leading to where man's kingdom will come to an end and God's kingdom is going to be established. And that's one of the things that we are looking at very carefully as we're studying Daniel on Sunday morning. We've had so much interest in that study. So, um, you know, he's the one. Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar he raises up kings and he removes kings. And man's kingdom will come to an end to where the rock that struck the image that represents man's kingdom crumbled and came to nothing. And Jesus is going to return for us. So keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes looking up. And when we begin to see these things come to pass, look up and rejoice, for our redemption draws near. Hey, you hear the music? Sorry we didn't get to everybody. Had a wonderful show today. I'll be here tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. In the meantime, God bless you. Keep in the Word. And um, keep close to the Lord. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, hopefully. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.